Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each week we invite listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And good morning to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Matthew, how are you? Uh, doing well, Craig. Matthew, did you know that in two weeks' time, I can fly out of Sydney to Dubai, but not to Brisbane? The world is starting to reopen with COVID-19 in the rearview mirror a little bit. And with global events such as Expo 2021 also starting now, the future is starting to look very positive. So, Matthew, if you can jump into your time machine and jump ahead to January the 1st, 2022, can you tell us what you foresee as being the next five big Big themes, big macro themes that could impact our economy for the calendar year 2022. Yeah, Craig, sure. Number one, inflation. Number two, geopolitics, point one, climate change. Number three, another geopolitics, point two, China. Number four, demographics. And number five, the adjustment to higher interest rates. Okay, that's fantastic. So let's break some of these down, Matthew. Uh, it, we might just go through it in order. So why inflation and not stagflation? Well, I don't, don't exclude stagflation at all. So uh, stagflation is one of the scenarios that could have could arise uh, in that inf- in that general um, basket of inflationary scenarios. So look, we are entering Craig a new, you know new inflationary environment. The dominant view about inflation to date was that it was transitory, uh, in the recognition that you know really central banks would uh, look through headline inflation and rates would remain low and and they'd only gradually rise. Now the recovery in the economy with low rates uh, was really has been really positive for risk assets as real interest rates have remained negative for at least most of uh, 2021. Now, negative interest rates uh, are a key support to to risk assets. And we've only seen negative real interest rates uh, over the last couple of, uh, only a couple of times over the last 50 years. But this paradigm is now being challenged as inflation appears to be stickier than we expected. Where do we go from here? One option is the central banks tolerate the higher inflation rates for longer and allow core inflation, indeed inflation expectations to drift higher than their targets, say, for example, maybe to 3% in the States. And if they're successful at stabilising inflation around 3% um, over the next year, then my guess is that outcome wouldn't look too bad for risk assets at all. Uh, It wouldn't look so good for nominal bonds, but uh, it would keep real yields firmly negative and that'd be that wouldn't undermine the economic recovery and would uh, be good for um, for uh, equities and, and other risk assets. But of course, to your point, Craig, things could turn really ugly if supply side constraints that we're seeing at the moment that's partly driving higher inflation continue over 2020 to, to the pressure of prices. So supply constraints in the energy sector are a key risk uh, as are ongoing shortages from COVID-impacted EM manufacturers. Now, if policymakers get too far behind the curve, then it will be difficult for them to control inflation expectations. Uh, and the risk is that inflation expectations become unanchored and build and are themselves built into pricing and wage decisions. And in this scenario, central banks will need to hike rates sharply, real interest rates will, will rise, um, growth will slow. And I imagine in that scenario, Craig, risk assets will tank. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the latest economic analysis that's shaping your investment outlook. So let's get into the next one, geopolitical risk number one, climate change. First question is, is this on your list, Matthew, because of the impact 
of climate change to our real asset values? Or is it all potentially on this list now because of the, the demand and the tailwind effects, if you will, of institutional investors into NZE products? Well, actually, Craig, because I was looking at investment themes that were going to affect next year, I think both those investment themes are really important, but they're longer burn. What I'm actually thinking of in the spirit of this long burn problem about how we transition our energy source away from from fossil fuels to hit the carbon emission targets, what would be the initial impact? What would be some of the risks that are occurring that are building in the global economy over this year and next? The the third one is geopolitical related again, but it's also China. This is a huge subject, Matthew, so I appreciate how hard it's going to be to cover this succinctly. But is it the Chinese potential for conflict that is your concern here? How would you provide a synopsis of the issue? The uh, China potential for conflict is is the one that everyone's talking about and and a very clear risk. What I've got to say on that is is not much more than what everyone else is saying, and there seems to be potentially very binary outcomes there. And uh, in those really binary outturns, Craig, I'm not sure really uh, they're, they're very difficult um, situations to protect against. Now, what I was thinking is that actually, in the absence of a complete meltdown in the relationship between China and and the West, you know, absent a, a war, if I look at what's happened this way um, this year, I should say it's, it's really been a watershed in many ways, not the least the way China under Xi Jinping has really accelerated his pivot away from growth and free markets or the emphasis on growth and free markets within China to this concept of common prosperity. That is moderate growth with greater income inequality. He's cracked down on billionaires um, and he's breaking down uh, the monopoly power and globalisation of their businesses. Think Alibaba, Tencent and Didi. Now, demographics isn't one we've covered on a previous podcast. Of course, we've covered off on inflation, climate change in China in previous podcasts. So quickly talk us through the, the, the theory of this one being in your top five. Well, look, prior to COVID, Craig, we were experiencing one of the great global migration events, at least the greatest migration event for you know probably a century. And it was driven predominantly by a movement of people from emerging market and less developed countries to developed economy countries. Now, COVID has brought that movement of people to a halt, a very sudden halt. The movement of, of those people that we were experiencing prior to COVID supplied countries like Australia with both skilled and unskilled labour, as well as a source of demand. Uh, and that drove economic growth and drove innovation to some extent. Now, the question is, as we start to reopen the economies as we become vaccinated, not just in Australia, but globally, what will be the approach of policymakers to immigration over 2022 as borders um, reopen? Will the doors to immigration be flung open as population becomes vaccinated? Or will caution continue to prevail? Will, for example, governments that do restart immigration programs seek to catch up the lost migrants that they had when the doors were closed. So take Australia, for example, we're down about 600,000 skilled migrants. So if we were to restart our migrant program, we wanted to catch that up. Instead of 300,000 per annum, which is our normal uh, migrant intake, we'd have to double that to 600,000 for at least two years to catch up that lost time. Now, depending on what the approach is, that has tremendous implications for the economy and for the sectors 
just think what would happen to the housing market for mm. a start, you know, think what would happen to retail. So, and is that the areas of an institutional investor's portfolio, Matthew, do you think that they would need to focus on if they were concerned or they want to take advantage of this theme? Well, retail's clearly um, going to be an issue and residential property is becoming increased. I know residential property has been an area that institutional investors are shied away from for many years, but with, you know, the development in the property market and also well, the... Multi-family is reg- becoming an interesting area for investors, well, isn't it? That's right. That's that's right. And, you know, build to rent, um, even uh, affordable housing are now all opportunities that uh, institutional investors are looking for. And that'll be t- that'll be critically determined by the demographics, the migration probe. Thank you, Matthew. I thought you were going to talk about Bernard Salt's article this week on Generation X and how they're the uh, how they're under, under underplayed, if you will, by all the other generations. All right. The last one here is adjustment to higher interest rates. Um, I'm assuming, Matthew, you're talking about the, the pressure on central banks to lift their interest rates to create a buffer. No. <laughs> All right. Correct me. <laughs> okay. Um, look, Craig, this might be a little bit beyond 2022, but I think it's a fascinating topic. What I'm talking about is that as interest rates go up, as they will eventually do, and perhaps quicker than what we were expecting previously. Initially, of course, the, the rise in interest rates is a negative uh, prices on fixed income, and it will keep uh, investors um, away from fixed income asset class for a period of that as a, a, an initial adjustment. But at, at some point, Craig, the interest rates will, be, will arise to a level where investors that are looking for stable income streams from the asset become attracted back into that asset class. Now, who are those investors? Well, they're going to be people going into retirement. And who are they? They're baby boomers. And those baby boomers are really now starting to flow out of the workforce into retirement. And so we're going to have, as I said, this is probably longer than just next year, but we, my guess is we're going to have over the next five years or so, a quite substantial tilt away from certain asset classes in back into fixed income by the baby boomers who are seeking stable income returns. Fantastic, Matthew. I do agree with you. It's a major trend. Perhaps if I can jump ahead here, probably not the highest one on your top five list, but it's an emerging theme for institutional investors to start to think about. If I was to put you on the spot, Matthew, and highlight which of those five themes you think are going to have the most is going to have the most impact in 2022, which one would you pick? Number one, inflation. Excellent. Thanks, Matthew, for that. I'm Craig Valenzuela for QIC's QPod. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.